do you want to know about something about how people lived back then? Well, I, I want personal stories. Okay, well, I'll tell you one. All right. <laughs> and I'm the oldest one here, and I'm old. <laughs> that makes it extra special then. When I was a little girl, um, we lived on a little farm, a little hillside farm, and we had to have our own, make our own meal. So the night before, we were sent to the crib to hunt out white corn, the white ears of corn, and shell it. And then you had a meal sack. It's like a bolster, you know, that bed ticking. Mm -hmm. You put the, after you worked and ruined your hands and all of that, you put the white corn in the meal sack and tied it up with seagrass string. Then I had a sister about three years older than me, and she uh, she could handle a mule as good as Daddy could. That's Elsie. And the next, about a half a mile from where we lived down the hollow, there was a grist mill. Well, the next morning, next day, we put that mill sack over the mule and we went down that road to take the corn to meal. But the string come untied <laughs> and the corn spilled out on the ground. So we got down and raked it all up, you know, it's a dirt road, you know, got it all up. We took it down there and we never, we never thought a thing about it, you know, we picked it all up. But a month, all that week and all the next month, Mother complained about the bread tasted gritty. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you live at that time? Where was, where was this at? Where did you live at that time? Where did you live at that well, time? Well, we lived right in Elsley County. It was okay. Who owned the mill? Uh, who owned the mill, do you remember? Kilburns. Kilburns. Did you ever tell her what happened to why the bread was gritty? I didn't do it. Did you ever tell your mother why the bread was gritty? Probably later, yeah. You admitted did. it. <laughs> Years later. Years later. What, what road was that on, Edith? That was, uh, do you know where Johnny Duff lived? Uh, well, do you know where Dr. Gay lives now? Okay, was that was that on Route 11 or uh, which, which road was that on? Well, you go out of Boonville. Yeah. And it's about three-quarters of a mile, it was where the Kilburns had a farm, and Dr. Gibson had a farm on one side, mm -hmm. and the grist mill was right at the mouth of that hollow, mm -hmm. and uh, we lived about three-quarters of a mile up that hollow. That fish trap? Yeah. No, it's up toward Lee Rose. It's going toward Lee Rose. Okay, that was a different mill then. My yeah. dad used to take me to a mill up in Alley County, and but it was on, uh, it was going toward, toward Buckhorn. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. Meal. That's the last one I've, I've ever had. Most of those grindstones are made out of a conglomerate. If they just made out of sandstone, everybody's meal would taste sandy. Mm -hmm. One of the first uh, skeletons that I found out, they won't let you display Indian skeleton museum now, but the first skeleton I ever found, I found under this cliff down below General Jim Little's place down there. And there was a hominy hole, was probably that deep. And rock, I say hominy hole, they use that to 
the ground acorns and corn up in the middle, the Indians did. And they, it might be that big around, and they would take a stick and what have you, and sometimes they used a stone, but mostly with the hominy holes, it was a stick. They'd have pistols and mortars, but they would, the mortar was more like a boat. But this was a mortar of sorts, and they just grind down acres and corn up and, and make bread out of it. And when we first found that shelter, while well, I scooped the hominy hole out the sand out of it, it was powder mill dry in there. And uh, down the bottom of that hole, there was about that much cornmeal in the bottom of that thing that had been preserved there for centuries. And the first skeleton we found back there, the old boy was laying on his stomach. He'd been tomahawked in the back of the head with a stone axe and spit his skull. And uh, he was buried about two and a half, three feet deep. And one of the most unique things about it, when we got him out and examined him, was that his teeth was all intact. There were no cavities in them, but they were worn right down into the jaw bones almost. I guess eating that sand and that cornbread a lot if you want to it, but that, that's something I noticed in several of those skeletons that we found, those rock shelters and stuff, the teeth were worn out by that sandstone. My papa liked to try to invent things. Frank Wade, he liked to try to make tasks easier for something. He, and he liked to play pranks on people and That's kids, for sure. <laughs> like making a hillbilly wallet, you know, and making little things like that. Well, he, you know, when you're chucking corn and taking the kernels off, it really ruins your hands. Right. Absolutely. I so he tried to create a, he made a box and he put some kind of contraption on the side of the box made out of wood with a hole in it and a grind that you could put yeah. that corn cob in and yeah. turn the handle and he tried to like buy one of those little handle units and he, he always wanted to try to make cogs come together and he tried and tried and tried. My mamma was sitting next to him actually shucking corn by hand and he's yeah. trying to fix this box <laughs> and by the time he got the first or second corn cob actually to work in his invented box, mamma had all done. So either he was really, really smart by <laughs> <buying> work or <laughs> we had a, had a box and it had one of those gadgets on it. Like a sausage meal kind of yeah. 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 He found a piece of something and then he tried to get it to work, but by the time he could get it to work, she'd already. How many of you seen these kids out here with these little twirly gigs that they're playing with right now? Yeah. I forget what, what they got. I wish I'd have fidget spinners. Fidget spinners. Fidget I wish I'd have invented it. Did any of you ever remember Clint Holland and the BS grinders he made? Yes. Yeah. These things, these little fidget things, are just a takeoff on Clint's invention. In fact, the little box and everything are in just about the exact same size. I've got one down on the shelf. But Shopper. I found it over in Richmond. I was going through there at the, wall, the old Walmart store. They turned it into a flea market antique store, and I was going down through there one day. And I looked over and I said, I believe I've seen one of those before. I said, Well, I said, I believe that's a BS grinder. I picked it up and it said, Clinton Hall and Willow, Kentucky on one. But those of you that hadn't seen it, it was just like that little wooden box that those spinners come in. It had a little handle on top of it. It had a, a Two X's in our cut into there, and it had gears. You just turn that little handle around, and those gears kept on going around and around as long as you wanted to crank. 
Can't do nothing, they ain't got no horses. I can put on fidget wheels. They call them BS grinder, but that, that's not what works on the same theory there. So. Papa liked to make windmills. He liked to make uh, ones that would actually have some kind of animation go. Like, so whirly jigs. Whirly jig with mm -hmm. characters on yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, he had he had some just rough wood and he'd have an idea and he'd saw it out and put little pins and gears in it and set it up on a staff and have it way high. He, he'd put it up uh, 10 feet or more and he made one that was a, a, a kind of like an airplane, you know, had everything that would move on it and a tailwind that would turn. It was a little boy riding a bicycle. His little ankle, his little knees, and his little feet would pedal, and it would turn uh -huh. the wheel on it. We have that, and we restored it, and put it in the yard. I'm but, thinking of him now because it's locust year again. I heard the locusts, and he showed me on the locusts. It looks like an M and a W on their wings, and he said that was Moses in the wilderness. He he told me about that. The difference between the locusts and the other bugs. What, what's the other? Well, we call yeah, the uh, cicada a locust. That's, that's a colloquial name for the cicada is locust, what people call it. Yeah. And like she said, they've got that M on the wings and what have you. And the shrill cry that they make, if you listen real close, you're supposed to notice that sounds like Pharaoh. Pharaoh, it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Franklin showed me that. Boy, they make real bass bait. You take a lot of number 12 books and put in there, no weights or nothing. Put hook him in the belly, yeah, flip him out there around the cat tail. He buzzed around on the water, and big bass coming up. It was, but it's too early, really. We got to run around together a lot in the band, you know. Rondo, he's all band there. He all had all these tales to tell me and all this stuff. He yeah, worked about like, 35, 40 years on the railroad. And uh, somewhere between Bayer and Jackson, the railroad gave down. And uh, so they sent some, he said, highly educated people up there to figure out what to do, that they was going to have to bring in all this equipment and, and uh, had to shut the train down for probably a week and all this stuff. And Frank called me and said, that, we can fix that. All we got to get engineers stuff in here to fix it. And they kept on and kept telling us so we can fix that. And he said, well, who can fix that? And he said, us, us first at work here, we can fix that. And they said, well, how come you ain't fixed it if you can fix it? He said, because you didn't bring us anything to fix it with. He said, what do you need to fix it with? He said, we need three loads of rock, three train car loads of rock. And said that fellow said, Well, what are you gonna do with it? He said, We're gonna fix the tracks. And they argued around there for a while. So finally he convinced them, which you know he could convince anybody of any kind. He convinced them that they would fix it. So they brought three loads of rock up and they disconnected two of them and they went across the dip. And he opened it and let the rock out on the track. He pulled it up, backed it up, pulled it up, backed it up. And then went back and got it done. And then all three of them, when they did, it was just level six feet. And uh, that man said, 
well, who taught you how to do that? He said, 35 years of hard labor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it fixed it. Yeah. Of course, we played on the railroad all the time. He told, Papa told me yeah. a story about they called him. Like, he he was about to retire. He was toward, toward the end of retiring. And they called him because they had a piece of equipment break down in Tennessee. And they called him to go to Tennessee to fix that piece of equipment. It was a brand new, you know, something state-of-the-art machine that they had. I don't know if it laid, you know, trail or it laid the beads or I don't know what it did. But So he said, all right. He said, but after this, I'm done. I'm going to retire. And they're like, okay, you know. So he gets to Tennessee, and there's all these men standing around this piece of equipment. You know, it's pretty tall and bulky, you know, whatever. I don't remember what he said it did. But they couldn't get it started. So uh, he's, he's standing back there looking at the group of men, the engineers, you know, all of them trying to figure it out. They're up, they've got the hood open. They're looking at all the engine inside. They're crawling up under it, trying, in the seat, trying to figure out what it is. So whenever they got tired, you know, Papa went in there. He sat on the seat. He, he reached down, he looked, and he hit this, there's some kind of toggle trigger hidden <laughs> underneath the dash. He hit that toggle trigger, tr turned the key, and it started right up. And he got down, and them engineers were looking at him, looking at him like, what did you do? And, and he's oh, had that same response. <laughs> 40 years working on the record. <laughs> Those machines, uh, high, you know, machines like that were made in West Germany. They were waiting in ways West Germany, and the German man came and taught my dad how to use that blaster machine. Yeah. And they it lined the track. It lined or something. Yeah, it it lined it up some way, but it but was a hard funny. job to learn how. It's funny they would call him to go all the way down there, and here's all these young employed engineers. You said it young. Yeah, young. I'm probably not no experience. Okay. Yeah, and he goes down there. What part in those? He pulls a trigger and starts running. <laughs> Alfred knew how to run it, and I think yeah. he taught one or two people and qualified okay. one or two yeah. of them on it. But they had a, it's been 51 years since I was pregnant with Betty. They had a hurricane or a tornado or something down in Louisiana, and they had to go down there. Pro Frank went with them. They all went down there to try to clear all that up. I don't know why. It looks like they could have been somebody closer to do it. So, what was that job called? It, it, the machine was called a plastic machine, and a man from Austria came up and he came out and visited us. And he was teaching my dad how to use it. Had to be lined up a special way and everything. He was he was real nervous about having to try to learn how to use it. I don't know. Uh, it was really difficult to use, and his hand was all out of shape where he'd have to push that button and line that track. I wish I remembered more stories. There was a really neat story that I can't remember much about, about how he used to use dynamite to split rail with. Like there was a, some kind of tunnel and the rails all bent, some kind of, some kind of trail de train derailment or something near a tunnel and the train was bent and he told me exactly what he did, how he leveraged it and used dynamite to split that rail off before the bend where it bent in order for them to lay section in between to have it quicker for them to put get the train operational again. Just crazy, wonderful story. My dad would tell those little railroad stories to anybody would listen. My sisters and I finally figured out the way we would handle them. Dad would get cranked up on a big old story, 
do this or this. We have numbered. So we can take off and we do what story dad was telling you. Yeah. Well, that was, that was my bread and butter. That's your bread and butter. Uh, I know there's a woman that I worked with, and she was an elderly woman, and uh, she said at the St. Helens that there was a, uh, they had to go work overtime, and the men were real mad about it. And one man said, well, I hope this, they run a motor car, and he said, I hope this motor car wrecks. And, we all get killed, and they had a motor car wreck, and he was the one we got killed. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I mean, that's, I mean, you don't want to get killed, no matter what, no matter what hell you yeah, go through, you don't want to get killed. asked for, you may get it. Well, now, there's several people from this area was killed on railroad. I've got the old uh, L&E, before the L&N bought them out, I've got the L&E work ledger book, when they were coming up through Natural Bridge and Thorn. And uh, there's entries in there where several people was killed. Got the train wrecks. I've got a picture of a guy down there by blow torn laying beside the railroad there where they had a wreck. They got him covered up with a sheet laying there dead. And uh, I remember one ledger. They wrote about a guy was unloading a flat car there in Torrance, and it was wet and raining. He slipped on the flat car and failed. And they took a special train took him all the way to Lexington and the entry in the logbook there said we left Lexington and the patient's doing fine. The next day there was a red entry in there and the patient died overnight. Well, one of one of them engineered something got cut in two, you know, that things like that happen. The it's killer of these wrecks was the steam. The when they wrecked one of them trains, that steam would kill you. You couldn't get away from it in there if you was riding, riding the cab of the train. That was the worst part of it, that steam.